welcome to the Learn Perform Mixtape. I'm your host for this podcast, Laura Pasquini. I created this podcast to prepare me and maybe you for the Certified Professional Learning and Performance Exam, the CPLP. These series of podcasts will be my open study notes. Welcome to the learning. Welcome to Area of Expertise 3, Training Delivery. In the CPLP, this is the area that focuses on delivering learning solutions in a manner that both engages the learner and produces desired outcomes. We're going to talk a little bit around managing and responding to learner needs, ensuring that learning is made available in effective platforms and delivered in a timely and effective manner. This section for the CPLP exam is between 13 to 14% of the exam. So that's around 20 to 21 questions. And so I'm going to talk a little bit about the section overall, and then we'll get into 3.1 learning theories. This AOA, the section and the few episodes coming up next on train delivery, we're going to emphasize all about learning. To train effectively, you need to build a culture of learning. In the Association for Talent Development in 2016, they had a report and they found that high performing organizations that have this culture of learning are five times more likely than lower performing companies to have extensive learning cultures. They're two times more apt to say their learning functions help meet organizational business goals, and they often share knowledge with colleagues at a rate of four times greater than any employees at a lower performing firm. So in the training delivery episodes to come in this section, you're going to hear me talk on this podcast about informal and formal learning solutions and how learning as a whole is really engaging and effective for better performance outcomes. The value of training, this report produced by IBM in 2014, says that 84% of employees in the best performing organizations are receiving the training they need, compared to the 16% in the poorest performing organizations and companies. Key knowledge areas for talent development related to training also includes um, things related to instructional design. So if you're not familiar, instructional design is area of expertise too, and you might want to pop back to either read more about those theories or listen to the podcast episodes that are produced. So we're going to talk and touch on a few of these things, and we're going to cover things like learning theories, instructional methods, uh, ways to facilitate informal formal learning communities, different ways to deliver both options for media, learning technologies that exist how to facilitate and present with these techniques and tools, and thinking about learning modalities for individuals, cultural differences, and then personal training preferences and familiarity with content, along with legal and ethical issues related to training delivery. So some examples of things that uh, occur, both in action and in output in training. So if you're going to prepare for training delivery, um, you're going to align learning solutions with course objectives and those learner needs. Some of the outputs might be delivering a schedule of learning, an action plan for knowledge transfer, and that sort of thing. So another key thing to do is conveying what those objectives are for learning and the various learning methodologies. And an output will be how you present those, uh, how the materials will be presented. If you're facilitating learning, you're going to create learning events that are facilitated and guided in that way. If you are, um, the action is encouraging participation, you're going to build learner motivation. Well, maybe some of that might be facilitating small group conversations to engage participants more. If an action that you want to do is establishing credibility as an instructor and managing that learning environment, delivering feedback, uh, you're going to want to know how and when to give feedback to learners. You're going to want to establish some responsibilities and ownership between those you're training and the trainer. And then Creating a positive learning climate is really critical, so that's something you might want to do, and you might want to think about how you're going to evaluate that as well. 
Some of the action items might be asking learners for feedback at the end of training. So that's their evaluation of the training. You want to learn how your participants are using this training in practice, and you want to show that there's some return on investment for employers. So we're going to touch on some of these. That let that be known. Um, some of the areas that we'll touch on that will face training solutions also are in learning management programs in the instructional design section of this exam, as well as uh, the evaluation section. So there are some crossovers to different different areas of expertise. In this section, I am going to touch on and reference a few books in this uh, area of expertise for train delivery. One is the ASTD Handbook. It's the second edition. Um, this is the handbook, formerly ATD, Association for Talent Development, was called ASTD. Um, this uh, book, I suspect, will be updated soon, but it talks about uh, the definitive reference for training and development edited by Elaine Beach. She's also the one who wrote the book Training and Development for Dummies, so I picked that up at the library, and a few other books I picked up for this section to kind of augment um, some content and some knowledge in this piece, because it seems like a few of the sections and episodes might be lighter and smaller, but I added a few other resources in, like Virtual Training Basics, Employee Training Development, um, that's a textbook I used to use for my training development course I taught, um, tra Technology for Trainers, Second Edition by Thomas Toth, Virtual Training Tools and Templates by Cindy Huguet, and Telling a Training, Second Edition by Stolovich and Keeps. So I'll put that in the show notes if you want to reference that. And now let's jump into learning theories. So 3.1 is the first uh, episode, and we're going to talk about the learning theory. What cognitive learning theories form the foundation for talent development professionals to improve skills, knowledge, and performance deficits that support a business strategy? Basically, what learning theories are going to be really critical for adults, specifically when we deliver training techniques? And that's that learning objective. So key goals for learning theories in talent development really are to motivate those professionals, those adult learners. So we're going to plan for instructing adults, working with a group of adult professionals and in different industries. We're going to think about individual learners and their preferences because um, as we grow, we learn in different ways and we have different ways we want to learn. And then helping learners transfer the training and that learning experience back into the workplace and dealing with the barriers adult learners face for training. So when it comes to learning and training, um, how do they approach it and what are those challenges? So adult learning theories attempt to explain how professionals learn and those we work with. Um, so working with adult learners, what are some observable, observable things, both the stimulus and response, and other things to look at like memory and proposed environmental factors that might impact learning for adults? So we always want to think about, um, this is an, an area on the ATD I found, three adult learning theories that every learning designer must know. Um, so this is in the notes, you can read that article as well. First one, uh, instead of saying pedagogy, we see andragogy. So in e-learning or learning and training and training and development, we look at adult learners more. So the difference is andra is man and peda is child. So for moving from uh, pedagogy to andragogy is an article I put in the notes. Um, some things we have to think about and the main difference is our learner's behavior. So adults would, are a little bit more self-directed. They want control over their learning. Uh, the roles of the learner's experience. So adults might have more experience and that you want them to apply what they know, their knowledge and their skills to have a rich and more diverse experience than maybe our younger learners. 
the orientation to learning might be different. So what are adults naturally interested in? How can you connect their previous and prior experience and tap into that? Um, maybe they're going to solve relevant problems in their life, issues at work, tasks um, to boost their performance on their job. So you want them to apply concepts and skills to what they're doing in their day-to-day lives and work. And Readiness to learn could be different. So um, this could be a sudden change in a job that triggers their t- this training, or maybe there's something in their own self-development and self-improvement they want to do. So really the readiness to learn is um, something to ask them and say, what is the reason behind the learning and what would they like to develop? What skills do they want to know? What knowledge do they want to leave this training with? And finally, that taps also into the motivation for learning. So what motivates adults to learn is different than we have for children, right? So they have a different schedule. Um, They may have some more intrinsic motivators and also some things to think about in terms of self-esteem, self-confidence, maybe their own self-development. Maybe they're doing this learner learning for uh, self-recognition and they're not really driven by an extrinsic factors like getting good grades or consequences of failing, but who knows, maybe they are. The second learning theory I want to talk about is transformational learning. The transformative learning theory was first introduced by Jack Mesereau. It is based on the principle that personal experience is really critical to that learning process. So it really, it's the learner's interpretation, their perspective um, that creates meaning and also leads to change in a behavior, a mindset, a belief, or a way of doing something. So when transformational learning occurs, it's kind of like creating that aha moment where the learner makes a paradigm shift that directly impacts their future experiences. So maybe they discover they're really good at something or that one idea connects to another and it's broken a long-held assumption. So these things could be core examples of um, what transforms in a course that you're teaching, in a training session or a workshop that you're delivering. And they kind of recognize it. Uh, There's four principles of this learning theory. And so one is, um, there's two distinct forms of learning in the individual experience. So it might be instrumental, like a hands-on, a problem-based learning, a task. So they identify a cause and effect relationship between concepts. And the other one is communication. So they identify their wants, needs, and emotions. Uh, The second principle is in order for this learning to occur, there must be a change in learner's perspective. So that's a state of change in the meaning structures that must take place. So that paradigm shift must happen. Third, they have to go and undergo this change. Uh, Their meaning structure reflects on the process. So they think about the learning materials and the underlying ideas and what that means in their own experience, in their own personal experience. And fourth, the process consists of refining or elaborating on meaning. So this could be uncovering another perspective, and this might go through their own uh, transformation existing schemes or models or those those paradigms that they think of, and it changes their own personal perspective. So I can think of a couple examples of this, and I'll give you just one from my own learning experience. For those who know me, I really pride myself in a solid power nap. I actually pride myself in getting seven to eight hours sleep every night, but let's say that doesn't happen and I'm not my full best self. Um, Something I learned in first year university when I was taking a psychology course was the pattern of REM and our sleep cycles. So knowing that we fall into deep sleep about um, 30, after 30 to 45 minutes, we drop into deep set of sleep. And if we wake up during that time, it's very disruptive 
to our mind, to our body, to our system. You just feel really groggy and uh. So I took this knowledge that in, in my class that I could either sleep for a nap for 30 to 45 minutes or three hours through the whole REM cycle. So I applied this to what I do normally and that shifted um, how and when I took a nap, uh, if I would wake myself up earlier and reading Daniel Pink's book when recently, I learned having a coffee before, some sort of caffeine tea, uh, before you go and take that power nap, that half hour nap, uh, would be great because that coffee doesn't kick in until about 45 minutes later. So when I wake up between 35 to 40 minutes later, I'm going to have a little caffeine boost and get back to work. So I've napped. I've uh, digested the concepts I want to learn from studying in university to learning something here. And then I wake up fresh rested from a power nap because I haven't fallen to a deep state of sleep. So there's my pro tip for having a great nappuccino. I'll put some links in the show notes so you can reference that as well. The third theory in this article is experiential learning. So experiential learning involves learning from experience, right? So this was proposed by David Kolb, and this is obviously influenced Jean Piaget. Obviously, we build on the backs of other great works. So this type of learning, though, by Kolb describes it as the process where knowledge is created through the transformation of experience. So knowledge results from grasping and transforming the experience. And this theory really looks at differing um, the cognitive versus the behavioral theories that um, cognitive might emphasize more of the mental processes, while behavioral ignores the possible role of that subjective experience in the learning process. So it's a more holistic approach to emphasize how experience, including cognition, environmental factors, emotions, all influence learning. So the experiential model uh, describes grasping experience, both concrete experience and abstract conceptualization, and also identifies ways to transform it. So it could be reflective observation or active experimentation to really transform that experience. Now, there are some other ways you can go about um, going through experiential learning. So it might be experiencing exploring or doing a hands-on activity. So making role-playing, things like that. There might be some sharing, reflecting, like what happens, uh, we reacted, or what did we do um, based on your experience, previous experience equated, like we've talked about before. And then processing, analyzing what is important. So maybe you went through a case study you wanted them to identify the problems, solutions, themes, and how they could get through um, solving that problem. And generalizing the so what, like why does this matter to our real life? And then maybe apply it now what? How can we apply this experience to what we've learned into uh, where we work is the example in training. So that's the three adult learning theories we're talking about in this article. I'm not going too deep into other learning theories because uh, Section two, instructional design in the area of expertise um, has a deep dive into learning theories. And so in those podcast episodes, you will hear more about that and read more about that. And I'll touch on some other theories that I've been looking at for learning design and instructional design and training as well. What are some ways you frame train design, especially for adults, when you think about delivering training workshops in different modes? Uh, let me know. This is just a teaser, and I would love to hear from you. So if you're listening and reviewing these study notes, let me know what theories that you often attach for learning when it comes to training and development. I'll leave you with a few suggestions from Training and Development for Dummies by Elaine Beach. She says, applying theory 
learning theory to adults for training is really important because adults learn things because they want to or need to, unlike children who are required to, the formal learning. Also, Delivering constructive feedback is a key action and expected of all professional trainers. Learners really have the right to receive feedback from their trainers, and they really want to know how they're performing and how they're doing. So be sure that you give them those tr- that feedback. I left a link, an article from uh, her book that you can check out if you want to find it a little bit more about the book and suggestions she gives. But I really think we have to think about learning theories, not in the formal K-12 or higher ed context, but how adults approach learning now and how they will look at informal and formal learning opportunities when it comes to um, their professional development and training. So happy training and thinking about how to apply those adult learning theories to your training delivery. Thanks for listening to the Learn Perform Mixtape. If you're liking this podcast, subscribe, tell a friend, give me a like and give me a review. If you're studying for the CPLP or you have already, let me know. I'd love to chat and I'd love to get your advice. Comments, questions, thoughts, and love are always welcome. And I have my details in every episode notes. So please reach out. Let's connect.